It's time for another episode of LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Again, great to have your company, Andrew Morris. For the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to uh, quiz David with your questions. Three questions uh, and, yeah, over a variety of topics. If you're enjoying these podcasts, you can always go back. We've answered over 80 to 90 questions since we started. Uh, So plenty of topical issues that affect Christians, um, yeah, that you can consume and also share it with friends. Uh, The question is, is this a more biblical thing to to do, David? Uh, Not necessarily. Speaking as one parent, our children went to the local state schools. And yet many of uh, my peer groups sent their kids to other schools. And uh, that's fine. No, look, I don't think there's one biblical way of doing it. I think um, just one little thing I pick up in this question is many of my church friends are doing this, that, or the other. Just beware of parental peer group pressure. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean to say that you've got to do it. To be honest, I think it depends on the child. You know, some children, I know some parents who sent one child to a rather expensive church school, another one to a local Christian school, another one to a state school, because I think they've realised that much depends on the individual child. And the thing, other things, depends on circumstances, finances, travel. Do you, Does a child have to travel a long way for example and I think that there's one danger perhaps of sending children to a Christian or church school is that some kids are turned off by too much Christian input and yet others thrive on a Christian ethos in school I've known both I've known some children to have gone through a Christian school set up and said no way I'm having nothing to do with that anymore and other children in a state school system where they've had very little Christian input thriving as, as Christians. So so there, there, there's no one way of doing it. Not all schools fit all children. I think that's why we've got the variety we have. Mind you, I think there's one thing that's often overlooked. Ask your children what they want. We asked our children, uh, we, 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 what would your preferences be? And uh, they gave them. So don't look for a perfect school. I think a child who's constantly dragged from one school to another likely has issues that are within him or her rather than the school. And I think, sadly, some parents are looking for the schools to solve all the problems or to instill Christianity into their children. Well, I'm sorry, I think any wise school leader there in the Christian context would say, no, look, we we can help you, but we're no substitute, as it were, for the parent. Yeah, from my my experience, like growing up in a Christian school and stuff, I, I would think you 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 would have to have the re- figure out the reasons why you're sending the child there. Is it for education? Maybe you think the education standards there's more intense tutoring and all that kind of stuff, more one on one time with students. Maybe the opportunities uh, there may be more opportunities for extra sort of curricular activities. I, I think. David, I think if, if you're sending your child because you think they're going to be taught better morals and stuff, that's probably true, but kids are kids, and that's I think right. you're kidding yourself if you think your kids are going to be protected from everything. Oh, that's right, Andrew. Look, um, people have said to me, oh, they don't want to send their children to the local state school because there are drugs there. Well, my response is, well, yes, and I also happen to know they're there in church schools and Christian schools. And they certainly are. And, 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 oh, they don't want their kids to hang out with the wrong crowd. Well, a couple of things there. Uh, there's wrong crowds everywhere. And number two, do you not trust your own nurture of your own children to safeguard them against the wrong crowd? I think you raise another important point about educational standards. I think that's one thing we often overlook. I mean, just because a school has Christian teachers doesn't mean they're good teachers. 
They're, 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 and they're inspiring teachers. My children had some of them who weren't Christians, hmm. but they were wonderful educators. Uh, and, and so we can't afford to be too simplistic about this. Now, I've got to say that I think nowadays our Christian schools and our larger church schools have got wonderful educational standards and wonderful teachers. But just because they're Christian doesn't mean that they're superior to other teachers in the um, in the uh, state system. So I think we've got to be aware of cocooning our children, as it were, oh, let's keep them away from the big bad world because they're going to have to enter the big bad world eventually, number one. But also, the other extreme, uh, don't don't use your children as mini missionaries in state schools. I'm sending my children to the state schools so that they can evangelise other kids. Then, well, no, I think that's a little bit uh, uh, wrong as well. Um, so, look, honestly... I think you, an individual parent has to make up his or her individual mind, consider the child, consider other factors such as geography, finances and so on. Um, have you got enough confidence in your Christian input to your child to trust them to the state system? Do you think that the local Christian or church school will provide a better environment uh, for your child? It may be. I know parents who pull their children out of a lovely Christian school because of bullying problems and sent them to a local state school and they're fine. And it's also happened in reverse. So there is no easy answer to that. All I'd want to say, bottom line is, don't simply be swayed by what everyone else is doing. Your children are unique and your parenting role is rather unique as well. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Uh, This is uh, a time each week where we just spend uh, 20 minutes or so answering your questions about life and faith and how they intersect. Our second question today is I often wonder whether our current affairs in the world are somehow related to Jesus' second coming. I recall some Christians saying that some events were signs of his return, but it didn't happen. Yeah, look, Jesus does warn against predicting exact times and dates, so it amazes me that some Christians tend to carry on with this predicting exact times and dates. Books are published and conferences are led and speakers burst into the limelight explaining that certain phenomena are happening and therefore Jesus is going to come again. Well, so far they've all been proved wrong. Now, one, one day, of course, they'll be right, because Jesus will come again. Yep. But we often forget that these people are mistaken, or they, they reinterpret things and say, ah, yes, but the fine print of what I said was dot, 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 and so on and so on. Look, I think it's dangerous to read too much into current affairs situations. When the Bible speaks of Jesus' return, it does so often in symbols and strange language, what we call apocalyptic. And, and I'm theologically trained, and I can hardly understand it. And I, I think it's generally very hard to understand. And, and even some passages which seem to speak of Jesus' return in the Gospels, actually um, serious students of the Bible say, well, it might not refer to Jesus' actual second coming. It might refer, for example, to the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, which was a major cataclysmic event at the time. You see, trying too hard to link current affairs to Jesus' coming might mean we become excessively speculative and curious. We, we, we tend to sort of jump in, in alertness. Oh, this is happening in the Middle East or this is happening somewhere in our country. Therefore, Jesus is going to come again. Well, well, look, people have been saying that over the centuries and it hasn't happened. Now, 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 that's not to say that there are not signs of his coming. Of course, they're spelled out in the Bible. And these signs, you know, often relate to bad happenings. 
And so what we have, sadly, is sometimes Christians without much view of history or sense of history say, oh, well, things are uniquely bad today, therefore Jesus must be coming soon. No, they're not uniquely bad today. Things have always been a mixture of good and bad. And there were times back in the, say, the time of the Black Death in the um, 14th and 15th century in Europe where many church people thought, well, this is the end because it was terrible. The years following World War One, after the terrible savagery of World War One, and then the influenza pandemic that killed a whole lot more people than World War One did, many people were saying at the time, well, that's, that's, that's the end of that. The world has never been worse. Well, I'd want to put to you that the world now, when you look at it in some respects, is in a bad way, but in other respects is in a much better shape than what it was maybe 100 years ago. So the evidence of history is, is, is a little bit more ambiguous. See, Jesus will come when God dictates it. And when he reckons sufficient people have heard the gospel, and I reckon uh, we've just got to stick pretty simply to the Bible there. We don't predict exact dates and times, but we've always got to be ready. And I think being ready doesn't mean being too speculative. I think we've got to get on with extending Jesus' kingdom now, doing good, acting justly, walking mercifully and so on, and expecting that Jesus will come again one day, but not to be curiously probing around trying to read too much into current events. I remember, David, when I was a young Christian, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of Christian conferences and uh, I was in a car listening to a series of cassettes from uh, the north coast of New South Wales all the way down to Sydney about the signs that Jesus is coming. And oh, it shook me up as a young Christian. I thought, oh, no, earthquakes, war this and that, oh, you know, and then what's the point of looking for a job and what's the point of saving? And yes. I, I think it could be quite dangerous that you put your life on hold. That's right, that's right. Um, and, and Jesus actually warns us against that. He, he said, be up and about doing things because otherwise you wouldn't get up out of bed in the morning. And when they say there's earthquakes and there's fires, well, there's always been earthquakes, except incidentally now we know more about these natural disasters because of the different nature of communication. There's always been earthquakes and terrible tragedies and so on happening, but now they've come more to the fore because we know more about them. So therefore, we're more alert to them. And therefore, perhaps we can jump erroneously to the conclusion that things are much worse and therefore Jesus is going to come again soon. But remember, go back to the bottom line. Jesus has said no one actually knows the precise date. So one one thing you can be absolutely sure of, if the latest paperback bestseller or conference speaker says Jesus is going to come again at such and such a time, you can state clearly from the Bible, you're wrong. LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. You're listening to our weekly discussion. Podcasts of previous episodes are available from the website hope1032.com.au. You can subscribe and have it automatically downloaded each week through your iTunes account. Just uh, search for Hope Media Limited and LifeWords Q&A in the iTunes store. Our final question, David, for today is, I hear people talking about born-again Christians. What does it mean to be born again? First of all, I, I think I think when you hear people talking about born-again Christians, I mean, as a Christian, and I think any biblically-based Christian would understand that any true Christian is truly born again. But I think sometimes that phrase is used in a sort of insulting way. Christians who are a bit fanatical and zealous, or they're the born-again types, 
or, or they're the born-again fanatics and so on. And yet, funnily enough, it describes all Christians because Jesus says, he had this dialogue with um, Nicodemus, who was one of the Jewish leaders at the time, uh, and said to this guy Nicodemus in John chapter 3, listen here, Nicodemus, um, you need to be born again. And of course, Nicodemus, like still some people today, takes Jesus literally when yeah. he was talking metaphorically. And he says, I, how can I be born again? And Jesus says, no, 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 Nicodemus, you got it all wrong. I'm talking metaphorically, and what Jesus is saying is that something radical happens to us to cause us to be followers of Jesus. We get a new start. Uh, we have a new centre of being and a new purpose. Just as we were physically born into a physical life, Jesus is saying, you need to be born into a spiritual life. And the implication there, I think, to Nicodemus and to us is, we're not born Christians. I think what Jesus would want to be implying to Nicodemus is just because you're a Jew and a a very, very respected leader of the Jews, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you are a follower of mine. Something actually has to happen to you. And I think that's what anyone in the Christian faith would want to say to people outside the Christian faith. You are not born a Christian. Something has to happen. And the alternative reading of this, and it could be a very legitimate reading, is that Jesus is not necessarily saying born again but born from above or to combine the meanings born again from above and what he may be saying is that all this is an activity of God in other words becoming a Christian is something that as it were needs the supernatural intervention of God we, we decide of course but God has to act to quicken us to enliven us to, to, to point to Jesus so that we can embrace him in faith so any Christian is born again in that God has done a work in them and that they now have a new centre of being. There's no such thing as a Christian who is not born again. Yeah, thanks, David. I can, uh, From my own personal experience, I remember when I made a, a, a decision to accept Jesus and there was a, a heavy weight. I, could, I went from having no peace to having complete mm. peace and I would say that that was probably being a born-again kind of... That's experience. exactly right. Many Christians testify to that. God has done something quite beyond our own psychology or emotions. Thanks again for your company. Hope you've enjoyed our three questions. And you can always go back into our back catalogue of LifeWords Q&A. There are many questions that you can explore. You can also subscribe to David's daily devotional email. And that is the LifeWords daily devotional. You can subscribe at hope1032.com.au. Till next time. Thanks, David. Thank you.